God is good. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, my wife was talking in announcements, and I'm only repeating this a little bit for the live stream, but my wife was talking a little bit in announcements about going through a week and having these things come against her, you know. And I just tell you, on my standpoint, it's funny because from my standpoint, I was getting, you know, I was getting pretty mad. I was getting worked up, you know. There's, there's people that were coming against my wife and stuff like that, you know, and I just kind of, uh, I was getting fired up, and I kept telling my wife, I'm like, because I'm getting, I'm getting stirred to the point where I'm about ready to go down there and bust some heads open. I mean, that's seriously how I was feeling. You know, and I know she didn't want me to do that because that's her job on the line and everything. But, uh, you know, I was telling her about this. Well, do you need to do this? Because this is exactly what's going to happen if you don't is I'm going to have to go down there. I'm going to have to start having conversations with people, you know. And she, and she said something to me is quite precious. You know, she said, you need to pray for me. You know, you, or something to that nature. You need to pray about the situation. And I'm like, you know, you know, at the moment, of course, I didn't want it. That's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to pray for it. And, and uh, you know, if I had my way, that I, that's exactly what I would have done. But, you know, a lot of times we, we tend to want to go to the carnal thing. You know, we want to go to what the flesh wants to do. But really, the answer is in trusting God. And, you know, and I, I, I see so many times in life that circumstances will get just so bad that you're left with nothing but trust in God. I mean, it's either fail or trust in God. God, and I'd rather not fail, so I'll just trust in God, you know, and, 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 and that's really what it's like, you know, and it's, it, it's funny because, you know, uh, a lot of times when we go through things, you know, Christians don't realize a lot of times when we go through something, we forget that, you know, there's other people that are going through these things. In fact, the Bible tells us, don't be surprised as so, though some strange thing has come upon you when you see various tests and trials, knowing that everybody, you know, your brothers uh, brothers and sisters will say in the world are, are dealing with the same things. And so, you know, the, the, the key is not, uh, you, you know, is not being able to complain about it, getting that outlet to do that. But it's, it's finding out, you know, how we connect to God and get the answers for that. Amen. And I'm going to turn to something I wasn't planning on, but I want to turn there real quick. Uh, so we're kind of doing this is like a, a pre-service, uh, uh, yeah, pre-service service thing. Go to uh, Proverbs two. Um, I was led here today, and it wasn't for the service. It was just I was just studying it out. Um, actually, because as I was preparing this morning, you know, I've been endeavoring. Um, I've been endeavoring in my life to be before the Lord in every situation, in all things, you know, all times, to just try to live a life that's constantly before Him. And 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 of course, once you start doing that, you start realizing in how many areas you fail in that. And uh, but but you know, the Lord's helping bring me somewhere. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. You don't change all the habits overnight. A lot of times. But uh, uh, it, it, this morning as I was uh, sitting in my chair kind of getting prepared for the weekend services, uh, I heard this in my spirit, through knowledge comes understanding, amen? Through knowledge comes understanding. And of course, I, I, you know, I, I started going, you know, it's, a lot of times when something comes to me like that, words come to me like that, I tend to go, you know, I go right to the word and I'm like, okay, where is this, where is this in scripture? Not, not where can I find something to back up what I'm saying, but is what I'm, I'm hearing, is this a scriptural thing, you know? And, 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 and this is what came, where, where the Lord led me to was uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 7, and I just want to read them to you. It says, my son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord 
and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come, come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Amen. Now, um, you, you know, we can read through those scriptures and we get a lot of good stuff. But if you didn't notice in the first few scriptures there, you know, he says, the first, the very first thing he says is, receive my words, treasure my commandments within you. And of course, we understand that to be the law of God, what we call the law of God or the word of God. Amen. And, and that's what he goes on to say. And he's putting this, this emphasis on, on hearing the word because the next one goes, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Well, we know true wisdom is found in the word. Amen. Incline your ear to understanding. And so there's this, uh, this kind of re repeating unction here to, to turn towards the word, turn to God's uh, written word. Amen. For if you cry for discernment, and, and discernment is that idea that we, it, it, discernment is that, uh, it's, it, it's, it's when you can discern something as being right according to a, a, a standard, right? And that standard, of course, we know the only standard for a Christian is the word of God. It's not our feelings, it's not experiences we have, it's not any of those things, it's the word of God. What does the word say? And, and lift your voice for understanding. So basically, I'm going to wrap all this up in just saying this. is we hunger and de desire the true knowledge of the word of God, then the Lord will open, uh, open our hearts up to be able to understand who he is, what he wants to do in, in our everyday lives. But see, if we're always looking for the experience, if we're looking for, you know, something fancy to happen, so to speak, we're going to miss what God truly wants to do. And I, and I have to say that a lot of times, you know, even when we interpret scriptures, we want to interpret scriptures in light of how we were always taught them or how we always understood them. But, you know, the Bible didn't tell us to interpret scripture that way. The Bible tells us to, inter to rightfully divide the word. To rightfully divide the word means you find out the context of it, you find out what was being talk about, talked about, and then God can give you the wisdom on how that will apply to your life. But you can't go to the word with your preconceived ideas, your preconceived notions, and expect God to just uh, to, to give you spiritual understanding of the word when you've gone at it without knowledge. See, it's in knowledge. Only in knowledge do we gain understanding. Only in knowledge can we gain wisdom. So before you ever get to the place of having unction of the Holy Spirit, you first have to understand the Word of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. I don't know where this is coming out from, but there's unction here to talk about that. And I just want to stir you along those lines because, you know, this is the time, this, this is where the place where people get caught up in controversy. Uh, Christians get caught up in arguing this and arguing that. It's not that hard, but we have to be willing to see where we're wrong. We have to be willing. We can't, if we get to the place where we're like, you know, well, this is just how I've always been taught the word, so I'm always going to go with this. And, and believe me, I've been caught up in that too, but you got to be careful that it's dangerous. Amen? Why? Because the word of God is truth above and beyond our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, our, our yearnings, anything that we could possibly be after. Amen? Even our denominations. Praise the Lord. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. And of course, there's more to it than that, but you have to put a premium on knowing the truth. Hallelujah. 
And so with that, we're going to get into today's message, uh, actually doing a part two to last week's part one. You might not have known it was a part one, but it was. I didn't know it was, but it was. Amen. Uh, so how can I help part two? And, uh, you know, last uh, last week we were talking about, uh, really what we were talking about is not just being a passive Christian. You know, to sit in seats and say, or, or, or to, to randomly say the words like, uh, you know, how can I help? And that's where the idea of this was birthed in, you know, how, you know, what, uh, what can I do? Is there anything I can do to help instead of actually actively going at things? Now, listen, that's not like, don't, don't mix my words up or, uh, you know, get me into a ditch because you take my words too far the other way. There's nothing wrong with asking somebody how can I help amen but our lifestyle as a Christian as a Christian as a Christian should not be how can I help the lifestyle of a Christian should be what's my purpose and how do I fulfill that purpose amen and, and that's what we're talking about here. It's this idea that uh, uh, God has a purpose for us. And if we just stand around letting other people do it, that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to stand around watching other people do it. Amen? Because God has called us to be the body of Christ. And he has called us according to giftings and things that he has gifted us with. Blessings that he's placed in our life that are meant to be for the church, the church body. Amen? When I mean the church, I don't mean family church, Corey, or family. Church Mayville or the Baptist Church down the road or the Methodist Church down the road. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his church. Amen. His bride. Glory to God. Uh, the body of Christ. Hallelujah. We, 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 we touched on this last week uh, or we talked about this last week. We're going to start in the same place. Go over to Matthew. By the way, Matthew comes after Proverbs, not before it. Matthew 22. Glory to God. Matthew 22 and verse 14. I've told you that, uh, you you know, often, I think I told you, I've told somebody, I keep saying at any rate, that, uh, you know, I'm getting less and less uh, interested in preaching on one-off scriptures. In other words, just taking a scripture out of context. I believe this is one that we can do that with because uh, uh, because we are teaching it with the context in there. Uh, but Matthew twenty-two fourteen it says, "For many are called, but few are chosen." Praise the Lord. And you know, we touched on this last week talking about this, but I thought it was good good to bring it up again. You know, and this comes in that idea, you know, uh, that, that, that there's, you know, this is called, you know, the marriage, it was talking about the marriage feast is what it was. And of course, we see that it, it was a, kind of a, a, a parable of, of the, the get us to understand, you know, getting into heaven and things like that, that God will call many, but uh, few are chosen. And we understand that to mean this, that there, there, there's a point in time where there's a call, a uh, call to something. And then there's a point in time where you're chosen to go in. Now, if we're talking about Christianity as a whole, which again, this is really talking about, um, uh, when we talk about that as a whole, there's a point and points in people's lives where they may be called to the Lord. But then there's a choice when they, they there's a choice where, where they either take it or not take it to come to the Lord. But then we also know that there's a day where we all go be with the Lord. And that's the end goal of all of us is to go be with the Lord. And, and we understand that to go from the point where we're called to the point where we're chosen, and the chosen would really be when we're with the Lord, to get from that point to that point that there's a space and time in the middle and there's actions in the middle that, that, that progress either a person closer to that uh, being chosen or further away. Amen? 
But we can understand that this principle also happens in our Christian lives. That, that we were called to be Christians and many, there's many people that are called to be Christians and they get to that place and, and, and we know according to the, the scripture that, that one person is gifted in this, another person is gifted in that, that there's gifts in the body of Christ and we're thankful for that, amen. But we understand that the exercise of those gifts are, are, are something that are, are up to us to, to work out. Now, um, that doesn't mean that you got to make it all happen, you know. If you feel like you're called to the ministry, well, i got to make it happen. I actually don't believe in that. I think that that's kind of foolish. But there are steps that we can take when, when we're called to, to kind of fulfill that call. And one of the things that I, I, I can't say as though this happens every single time, but the Lord has showed me through my own life, is that uh, the, the greater things that God would call us to, or we'll say the more mature things God will call us to, he will call us to them through the process of walking out the smaller things. Amen? Um, you know, and that's, this is just a good stewardship idea, good stewardship me uh, message that, you know, um, that, that God is not going to bless you with a lot if you're not doing well with a little. Amen? Uh, I, and that's, uh, and we're talking about the blessing of the Lord, but, uh, you know, the ability to perform the gifting that God has put in our lives is a blessing. Amen? To walk out the things that God has called us to do are a blessing. But those things come through a process of time that we must prove our faithfulness in. Amen? And so when we see this, again, it's what we do in between is what determines the choosing. Amen? And this, this, this kind of phrase came to me at some point during the week, and I, I, I thought uh, that it was really good and would go along with this message really well. It's that if everybody would do a little, a lot would get done. Yeah. Amen? There's a lot of Christians that do nothing. And do-nothing Christians are not very effective Christians. Do-nothing Christians are not Christians that will be chosen for greater purpose. Don't you want a greater purpose? And what I mean by that is that, you know, not that you got to have some kind of role or something like that, but you, you want to know that there's purpose to your life, don't you? In fact, that's what the world's searching for all the time is to find purpose to life. Amen? They're trying to find, well, there's got to be a purpose for this or a purpose for that. And people are out there, you know, a lot of times why people are chasing after, you know, uh, you know, fame and fortune is because if you get fame and fortune, then it seems that there's purpose, you know? There's, and, and people always point to those things in that somebody has a singing ability or singing talent and they go on American Idol and you know and then they 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 know they can sing good but they go before a crowd and then the crowd cheers when they sing and what do they do they break down they almost always break down in tears and cry and they they're weeping and why because they feel like they have purpose they feel like they're fulfilling something they feel like this thing that was in them is now being seen for the world and why is that good because it makes them feel good about themselves amen well, God isn't like completely against you feeling good about yourself, aren't you glad? God loves you and he, he cares about your mental state. He wants you to, to think about your life good, amen? But your purpose for God has to be found in him. But, that, but, but he isn't going to take you into the greater things until you fulfill the role of the lesser things, amen? We need, to be, we need to learn to be faithful in the least so God can move us into much, amen? But in doing so, we have to understand, this, the, we have to understand this process. We have to understand that God is doing things in and through us. Amen. We have to understand that he's that there's purpose in uh, in all the things that we do. And when we understand that there's purpose in all these things, or there should be purpose in all the things we do, I should say, uh, 
Uh, when we understand that there should be purpose, then it makes it easier for us to partake of that purpose. You know, for example, there's, there, there, there's different ways people look at the local church. Some people look at, uh, you know, the local church is just, uh, you know, not being necessarily all that important. Uh, some people look at the, you know, the role of a pastor. Well, I don't necessarily need a pastor in my life. And you do need a pastor in your life. It's not necessarily for all the reasons that some people push, but you do need a pastor in your life, just like I need sheep in my life. But I also need uh, uh, mentors and stuff like that in my life. People that will, spiritual, uh, people that are uh, more knowledge, knowledgeable than me spiritually that can teach me things. Amen. Praise the Lord. We all need these things. But, if, but, but, but we have to understand that coming together is an important part of that. All of the things in the local church are incredibly important. And I, I, would, I, I would actually push this a little bit. That if, if, if the local church meant more to Christians or meant to Christians what it should, we would probably see more people wanting to come to the local church. But you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that people don't uh, build the local church up because they're not being what the local church was meant to be. Now, the, the local church is not just meant to be a group of people collective, collectively here. This is kind of a byproduct of what the local church is. But it's what does the local church do when it goes out into the world? See, when we're in the world is really the, 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 really the idea of what we truly are, how we are in the world, what we do in the world, if we, if we do anything at all in the world. Amen? Well, praise God. Hallelujah. And we'll see this some more. Let's turn to Ephesians 4. Amen. Ephesians 4. You know, I've, I've endeavored... Um, to, to follow the Lord as much as I can, wherever I can, whenever I can. Amen? Uh, I actually said this, I can't remember who I was, I was talking to somebody recently, and I said, I, it, it, I'm convinced that Christians need to get out a little more. And what I mean is out of their bubble. So whatever your bubble is, you need to break it. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if you stay in your bubble, you don't get this really wonderful thing called perspective. See, God is looking at everything. He has all the perspectives, and that's a wonderful thing. And God certainly wants to share that with us. But a lot of times we can't see things because we won't break out of our perspectives. You know, the other day, it was really, it was actually yesterday. I had to go, uh, now my house is conveniently, uh, or conveniently, I say that jokingly, inconveni inconveniently located somewhat between two Home Depots. And what I mean by uh, somewhat between them is it's a heck of a drive to go to either one of them, but they're both about the same. And so it's really a matter of what kind of mood I'm in the day that I go to determine which one I go to. You know, and I was, I was, yesterday I had to go to, to Home Depot. I had to go to one of them, and I didn't really want to go to either of them. Yeah. And I was considering everything from the time and stuff like that, and I started driving towards one. But, you know, as I was driving towards that one, I just started really having an unction, like, no, not, 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 not going to go to that one, or I'm going to go to the other one, you know. 
And so I, I, and I can't tell you whether or not the unction was God or not. I have no idea at this point. So I just put it out there. Uh, I, I, you know, I endeavor to be led by the Lord, but I was wondering, is this something of the Lord? And so I got, I, I, I part way to the one and then I turn around and go to the other. And either one, I want to get there fairly quickly. But now I'm already set back probably about 10 minutes because I'm going in a different direction now. And then I get partway headed to almost back to, to, to point zero where I started. I get almost back there going to the other one. And I'm just like, nope, nope, not going to go there. Going to go to the other one. And so I pull over, I, or I pulled, turned around and went back to, now I've lost a whole like 20 minutes, right? I mean, inconvenience in my day. As it turns out, it was, uh, it, it turned out fine and everything like that. But my, my point in bringing that up is because I, I endeavored to just be led on everything. And I don't know, um, I really sensed at least the second time, I really sensed to turn around. And then I really sensed that the second time I was supposed to go. Now I do know this, when I turned around and went back the second time, it, it put me right, uh, right in the path, uh, not like a dangerous path, but we're going to pass, of one of our church congregation members. Um, I saw them and I waved to them and they waved to me. And, and, and I don't know if that was something, you know, for them or whatever it was. I, I don't really know. But my point is, is that I endeavor to be led. And I think it's very important for us to do that. And, you know, the thing is, 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 is you can never get out of your box and never be led, never see other things. But what I've found is this, and this is why I bring this up, is because the more that I endeavor to be led, the more leading I find. The more I endeavor to hear from God as I go, the more God is able to show. And, and it seems that God speaks to me in the darndest of places, always when I'm not expecting it. But he shows me things, and I'm going to get to one here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, and again, work it into the mess. I don't know how it all works together, but, but I believe that I'm supposed to tell you that much. So, so that's where we are. Ephesians 4.10. Amen. And of course, we, you know, this section of scriptures we uh, look at often as the, you know, these talk about the ministry. A lot of people call it the ministry offices, but the word gifts is here. So I prefer to stick with that. That might be, uh, uh, you know, that, that might uh, not mean anything to you and it doesn't need to be. I just, that's my preference. Amen. And so that's what I do. Um, praise God. Uh, and uh, uh, we see it, we pick it up here. It says to talk about Jesus after, after uh, he who descended uh, uh, is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. And then it says he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as, uh, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Uh, this is commonly... Uh, Praise the Lord, commonly referred to as the fivefold ministry office. Again, this is another thing. I just see it as fourfold. Uh, I mean, you look at it there, it just seems like that pastors and teachers goes together, the wording. That's just me. Uh, you, you do with that what you want. Praise the Lord. Uh, but I don't think that that matters as much. Um, and, and that's kind of why I bring it up because, again, you know, one of the things is when I'm reading the Word, I try to focus on, I try to focus in the area of what's being said to understand what actually matters. Because, you know, we can get caught up in a lot of things in Scripture that don't actually matter. 
In fact, we, you know, and people love to do this over the years. You know, I remember when I was, when I was first coming up in the faith, you know, there was different, there was more Christian bookstores around. It seemed like every small town had one, a Christian bookstore, you know, and in Christian bookstores, they had, of course, Christian posters. And there were always posters that would make you feel real good about something, you know, by, they put a scripture on there and, 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 and you know, and it, it would stir you. And that's actually some of the first places where I heard scriptures like, uh, you know, uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, uh, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, for I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I, I uh, so, so of course, you, you know, uh, I, I remember being stirred from those, but you know, a lot of times those are just really, even in those texts are taken and, and that those purposes are kind of taken out of context and don't really apply to what they're being used for. And so I think it's important for us to understand the word the way that it's meant to be used for it. So again, I don't think that it's specifically about, uh, you know, so we can define the offices here or the, the giftings here as much as it's telling us what they're for. Now it says he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. The interesting thing about all of these is they all, obviously, they're different things, so they all have different, somewhat of a different purpose. But there's at least one thing that kind of uh, joins them all together, and that's the fact that they have some sort of teaching gift, that there's some sort of, uh, they feed God's people. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So whether or not, and this is, this is a wonderful thing, because understanding this will be important for us for this point. Even if there's some people that believe that, uh, you know, like the apostles, that there's no more apostles, that there's no more prophets and stuff like that. Even if you believe that, that's fine because you can understand that its purpose was for feeding the sheep. And so at the very least, you can understand that if it were the ones that wrote the scriptures and that's the reason we have them written there, it can still be helpful for us today. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Praise the Lord. So all of these are about teaching. They're about uh, feeding uh, with, with knowledge. But let's get into this more. Amen? It says here in verse 12, and this is a scripture that I often go to here because this is so incredibly important. Verse 12 tells us what these offices or what these giftings do. They're for the equipping of the saints. Amen. That is so helpful. They equip the saints. And so this is what you can understand. If you are a saint, and a saint, of course, we understand saints aren't, you know, the Catholic saints, saints are just people that have been venerated and, you know, they've performed some after-death miracle. Or I don't know how they do it, but you understand that's what they think. But we know, biblically, that's not what a saint is. A born-again believer is called a saint, according to Scripture. That's what you are, amen, if you're a born-again believer. And so uh, the equipping of the saints comes at least in part, through these ministry giftings. And so we understand that those giftings are very important for our life. In fact, we can understand this. There is a portion, at least a portion, of equipping that will not happen in our lives without these being active in there. Amen? But I'm not preaching about this or talking about this because I'm trying to inflate the ministry gifts. I'm not trying to even know really what my purpose in talking about that isn't even that, but is to get into this part uh, of verse 12 and, and, and verses 13 where it says, The equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we atta all attain to the unity of the faith, 
and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Amen. So we understand by these, that, that, that yes, okay, the ministry gifts are important, right? Praise the Lord. Uh, but this is what you need to understand about it. These ministry gifts are to get us somewhere. The part that I want to focus on for the sake of these services is what happens if we don't get there? Or what happens if we don't go? See, you can sit in service and sitting in service is good because that's where your equipping starts. Right? When you're sitting in a service and it's like, you know, some people try to argue back and forth. You know, well, the early churches, they didn't have services like ours. Guess what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how the service happens. If we were in Africa right now, it wouldn't look like this. It doesn't matter. Because it's not the, the type of service that you're having that really matters a whole lot. It matter, in fact, I'm going to say this, it matters a whole little. What matters is that you're getting fed in the service for the work of the service. That's why we come together. So whether we come together in a house church or whether we come together in a big church, a cathedral church, or in a, on a beach church, God, let's go have a beach church. God bless it. Amen. Amen. Uh, whether we go, you know, however, see all that stuff, that's all the stuff that people get worked up on, right? But it's not that stuff that matters. See, we've made it really, what's happened in America, it's been dumbed down for us. It's been made real easy. See, all you got to do is show up because you got everything prepared for you. You got a preacher that's there. You know, if you come into a church, it's already paid for. You didn't pay for it. You didn't start it. So it's already been paid for. Somebody's already, you know, labored for it to get that work there. And not that any of that is bad or on you. That's wonderful. But see, it's been made so easy for us that sometimes we take for granted. In fact, I was saying to my wife recently, I fully believe that why we have so many stupid issues in this country right now is because we have had it so good and we do have it so good. We have had it so good as people that all that's left to do is fight about nonsense. We're fighting about stupid things that make no difference. There's no reason for it. There's no, uh, there, there's no purpose in it. But that's what we do as people because everything is so good. Even the poor people in this country are well taken care of. Yeah, amen. I mean, I said this the other, you know, many places, many times since then. But we, you know, we had our power go out for 24 hours and I was fit to be tied, you know. It's like there's plenty of places in the world don't have any power at all. You know, I've been to places where there's no doors and windows. I mean, there's openings, but there's, no, there's nothing to stop the weather or the birds or the bugs or anything or the smell to come in. I mean, it's just, you know, that's the way that it is. And so, so we've, been, we, we've been a little bit, uh, so to speak, we've been a little bit too blessed. Now, I know that's hard for you to believe, but we are as Christians, as people of God, we've been a little bit too blessed. Um, but... Um, you, you know, the, 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 the coming together is for a purpose, and that purpose is for the equipping of the saints. For, for is a big word. It should be highlighted, maybe double capitalized or whatever in your Bible. Uh, it, it's for. We are, we, we are to be equipped for the work of service to build up the body of Christ. This is what, what, what it means to be a Christian. It is not, oh, okay, I got saved, so I'm good. Now I'll go to church and hear somebody preach. That, not that any of that is bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not chasing you out the door, so you understand. Come back. But you are, you, you, you are preached at 
to do something out of where, you know, out of that flow. Amen? Now, I had some revelation of this in the darndest of places and in the, in, in, at the peak of my carnality on a certain given day. Are you ready for this? My wife and I were, we, we were traveling one day and uh, um, the town we were coming through, we had to get to this one we were place. We actually were going to lunch is what we were. We were both hungry. We were traveling and we were going to lunch. And we, we, get, we get almost to the place. It's on the other side of this rail, railroad crossing. And as we're coming up to, to, you know, to get to where we're going, we're hungry, we want to eat and all that stuff, uh, there's a train that's coming, you know, that's going and the, the things are down and we have to wait. And so we're sitting there waiting. I'm hungry, a little bit hangry, maybe just a little bit on that end of things. And we want to get, you know, we want to get home and stuff like that, too. Uh, we were traveling away, so we're still a ways away from home. But uh, so, uh, you know, but we, this, this train's coming by. And I, I'm watching it, you know, and I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how long is this going to be? How long is it gone for? And how long is it going to be? And as I'm watching this, uh, this, this train, I'm getting really annoyed because it's taking too long. And I'm looking, you know, and then I just start doing what, you all, what we all do. You know, the train's going by or something's holding you up. And I'm looking in my rearview mirror to see how many cars are getting backed up. Because if, for, for, for whatever reason, in my mind, I've, I've processed it this way, that if I get just angry enough, then that, or if I see that and see a bunch of people get backed up, then that justifies me being mad about it, Right. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm pondering this train, and I'm thinking about this train in a very not, not happy light. I'm thinking, you know, all kinds of thoughts, you know, like, can you believe this train? And, it's, and I'm watching, you know, I'm trying to watch because there's buildings on either side, and I'm watching down the, the, the way, and I see, you know, there's these really tall train cars, and they're coming, I can see them coming, and then all of a sudden I see them stop, and I'm like, oh, good, it's going to end now. Well, no, it was just all the tall cars went by. Now it was all the short cars that were under the building. So now I have no reference point. Now it's going to take forever. And the whole thing maybe took, what, maybe five, ten minutes? You don't even remember? Yeah, yeah, she doesn't even know. But, but I remember having a thought, and this is where it developed, and God developed it in me later, but I had a thought that I didn't realize was a God thought. As I started, as I'm looking at this, and I was considering this, I'm like, don't they know that they're holding up traffic, busy intersection? Don't they know that this is going to, to, to cause all kinds of, you know, backup and issues? And, and they should think about that when they send the trains out. They should build a bridge or something, you know, all the stuff, right? I'm, I'm coming up with all these things. But then my heart was drawn to think about the cargo, and I was thinking about the cargo a lot. This train was annoying, uh, was, was really annoying me. And, and, and all I could think about is they're impeding traffic, but I started thinking about the cargo. And this is what the Lord sh kind of showed me later on. The train, was in, the train was important as long as it was carrying cargo. But if it didn't have any cargo in it, it didn't mean anything. And, you know, the whole thing was is that um, they could have stopped the train to let the traffic through, which would have blessed me and if I thought would have been the higher road. But, but, but the truth of the matter is that cargo had a destination and it had to get there. Yeah. Now you understand the giftings of the, that God has placed in the body, the different ministry giftings, those are the train. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Right. But we're delivering a cargo or supposed to be delivering the cargo through the people. 
you know, you can you, you can think of it this way. Maybe even you can think of it as the, you, you know, the, they, they would be the conductor or the engine driving the train, and that the the, the people in the uh, the people uh, that that are hearing the message, they're like the the cars that are containing the cargo. But what happens if that cargo never makes it to the destination? Or what happens if they send, you know, you have this really long train and uh, the, it, the, all the cars are empty? You see, and so, so often this is what's happening. Like as a minister, I can fill up on the word and I can preach the word week in and week out. I can deliver the word to people week in and week out. But what do the people do with the equipping that they're being equipped with? What are they taking out into the world? What are they taking into their day? And, and, and you know, that, that's kind of the point that, that, that God was getting across to me. See, I was here, and this was a great example of just what I'm saying. See, I was annoyed by my day being um, uh, put on hold, so to speak. But the whole truth is God was going to show me a spiritual, uh, a spiritual truth through it. And how many times is God doing this with us? How many times do we go to the grocery store? How many times uh, do we not go out? You know, maybe it, was, uh, may, maybe it was easier not to go out because you just didn't want to, even though you had an unction to go out or to go to this town or that town or to speak to that per this person or that person. Amen? See, the train was important as long as it was carrying the cargo. And the same thing goes with us. As long as we are doing what we're doing, uh, then we're doing something important. But if, uh, brothers and sisters, if we l l relax that, we, we lose out on a whole lot. And actually not us, but the world. It see what um, you, you know there's because there's been this idea a lot lately too, you know this idea and there's been this drive in churches to you know to and we do this as well we don't do this from a I don't think from a bad hearted standpoint but this idea of uh, you know you got to invite people to church and that's a big thing, but you know if you don't if you're not living a Christian life. If you're not really concerned about reaching people, you can invite a, a thousand people to church that will never come. See, it doesn't matter. People don't care about you inviting them to church. They care about you being interested in their lives. They care about you being partakers in their life. Amen? Otherwise, you're just a passing train. You're just, an, you're just a hindrance in their day. And see, so many people, they're trying to just, they're just trying to, you know, just get a certain number of people to the church or whatever, instead of really investing in people. Thinking about the, the importance of the cargo that we're carrying. You know, understanding, taking a moment to really understand your faith and why it is you should share it. Uh, you know, and, and so often, you know, it's like it's so easy to let, just to let things, it's, it's easy to be a bystander Christian. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, the, the majority of the church world, probably the majority of the church world in general, not just ours, but the church world, are bystander Christians. They sit, they listen real good, they amen real good, but what do they do with that? You know, and there's different things, you know, not everybody's gifted in the same things. And so it's not that you all have to go out, that everybody needs to be like the Jehovah's Witness and knock on the doors and, you know, get a certain number of doors that you knock on before the day is done and then you've, you've, you've paid some. It's not about that. It's much more, if, if I can use the word organic than that. But see, a lot of people aren't, aren't they're, what they're not doing is, and the reason is, is because they're not really tapping in and saying, Lord, what is this gifting in my life for? What am I to use this for as it, as it involves your kingdom? Amen? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. 
The train, car, the train was important as long as it was carrying the cargo. But if we're not going to carry the cargo, if we're not going to take it to the world, if we're not going to be, you know, the, the, the hands and feet of Jesus, so to speak, what are we really doing? You know, when we put so much importance, yes, there is an importance on the local church. You can't, yeah, I, and I, and I don't want to diminish this. I don't want to diminish that we need, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we need these ministry offices or giftings in our lives, active in our lives. We need to partake of those things. I don't want to diminish that. But we have to keep things in a context that is much more important. Turn with me to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, last week, of course, we did communion and we were talking about, you know, um, communion in the body of Christ. And, you know, really communion, again, I think I said this last week, but communion is, you know, it's really for anybody who, uh, who wants to partake of that, who desires to partake of that. But, you know, the warning that Paul gave specifically is because because the, uh, the Corinthians, what they were doing is they, they were coming together for their own purpose. See, they had their own agenda. I'm coming to church for this reason, to get what's mine or to get what I need. And that is so much in the church today. Um, you, you know, people that, that, that come to church that way, I doubt are going to do very much out in the world. But we can't escape the fact that God has called us to the world. He has not called us to be uh, uh, holed up in a in a cell. Just be, you know. I, I was actually uh, I was listening to this um, uh, this this podcast about this this minister, and I think it was in the 1800s, um, Germany. He was born into uh, uh, royal a royal family, and uh, basically he was he was real gifted early on in just uh retention of the scriptures and the, the the ability to memorize the scriptures and stuff like that he had a good understanding of god and and, and basically to make a long a long story short he he took his uh, he, he took his wealth and he ended up using it all for the kingdom of god in fact when he died they said that he died. He was very wealthy, but he died a pauper. And the reason he died that way is because he kept investing in the things of God. See, here's a man who was gifted and kept investing in the things of God. He would, uh, 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 he would. I, I can't remember all the the details of it, but he had uh, uh, people, Christians, that would come together that were interested in the same things, and and he would pay for their living if they would go uh, to other countries or whatever. He would say he would pay to send them because he had the means to do so, and he would do that. And that's how he spent his money. Uh, he had his, uh, you know, house with with many rooms in it. But one of the most interesting parts of this, one of the most interesting movements that I thought that was birthed out of this, he had, and he had this wonderful quote. I want to share it with you. His quote was this. It was, preach the word. Um, what was it? No. Preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. Preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. In other words, what, what his whole point was is this. Do it all for God's kingdom, do what we're called to do, and then die and let nobody, and almost nobody remembers. I mean, this is not a big name figure. I, I, I could probably say his name if I could pronounce it right. I could probably say his name, and I could almost guarantee you that probably nobody in here has ever heard his name. That, that's how, how much he was not known. But this huge movement was started out of him. But that, what I wanted to get to was this, because I, I found this is, is 
of utmost importance. These people that he kind of mentored and, and raised up in the faith, they got so intense for, for, for sharing the gospel and the kingdom of God that they, that, that they, 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 just, they made their lives about doing the work of the Lord. And what I'm about to tell you, I'm just going to be honest with you, convicts the, 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 the junk out of me. There were some people, some of his, his people that were, uh, you know, were mentored under him, that they started seeing a need in a certain area. And the need was with slaves. They said all these slaves, uh, they're, they're not getting the gospel. So some of these people went as far as to do this. They sold themselves into slavery just so they could preach the gospel to people who were enslaved. That is absolutely amazing. This is a true story. This isn't like maybe it happened. No, this is a true story. They sold themselves into slavery in order that they could reach slaves. And you think about that, the, the, the willingness to, to, like you talk about the uncomfortable. Like they, they didn't sell themselves into some kind of, you know, uh, slavery that was, you know, just, uh, no, they were reaching slaves that were probably beaten, that were probably, you, you know what I mean? The, like the, the kind of slaves that we think of when we think of slavery in this country. And, and that's the kind of thing that they put themselves under. Now, I'm not saying that you need to do that, but I'm talking about what's it like to be so inspired of God that you completely crucify yourself. And the only thing I could think of is the words of Paul when he said, I become all things to all men that I might by some means win some. Yeah. Like some people think like, you know, oh, that means that you, you know, if they're partying over here, well, I got to go party with them, you know, or whatever. That's not what Paul was talking about. I think it's more along the lines of selling yourself into slavery to meet slaves, or to win slaves. But you know, that, that kind of love for, for, for the gospel and for the preaching of the word and to, to, to help people, I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing that, that I mean to be stirred in us. That we, would, that we would so love the work of God that it's not enough for us to just show up at church. The reason that the, the church in this country, by and large, is, and the reason this country has gotten out of hand is because the church has just become fat, to tell you the truth. They've become fat. It's so easy to be the church. We don't have any oppression coming into church. Most people's oppression coming into church is what kind of weather they're having. That's the extent of most people's pressure. I mean, telling you the truth, sometimes family will put pressure on them or whatever, but they're, they're, not, they're not meeting under the, the darkness of night. You know, we, we, we had a minister in our circles who ministered in China, and uh, he was talking about, of course, our kinds of, uh, our kinds of, of ministry is not allowed in China. It's, it's Ill illegal. You can't minister the way I'm ministering, saying the things I'm saying legally in China. You will be arrested, and probably your family as well. Well, these churches that the, 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 this, this minister friend of ours that we knew uh, that, that went, I shouldn't, we were more of acquaintance, but, but we knew him and he was telling this story about when he was in China ministering. And it was all secret. It was underground. They led him through the darkness of night. And this man, he was a very dark black man, and which, which made it really more interesting to hear his story because in China, a really dark black man stands out probably even tall too he probably stands out even but more than I mean obviously I don't look any at all Chinese but but you know across the room with bad eyesight you might be able to mix me up that you couldn't you know what I mean and so through the darkness of night they led him to this place 
and he said they they walked into this house or something, and they went into this uh, they went into this room, and he couldn't see anything. And then in the darkness, and they sat there for about what was it, an hour? They said half hour, an hour. They sat. He said they sat there in complete silence. The people he came in with. And he said, after a little while, all of a sudden, there was somebody lit a candle. And when they lit a candle, the room, he said, was full of people. You see, this is things we don't understand. And yet we think, you know, it's all oh, it's so hard for me to get there today. It's so hard for me to do this, you know. And, I, and listen, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm not, I'm not just talking about people that don't come to church. I'm talking about people that come to church. Because how many times do we struggle with coming there? I mean, how many times do we struggle with, oh, I've got to drive 40 minutes, you know, and go down there nice day but I got to drive there 40 minutes and then I got to go preach and then I'm going to go eat at some kind of restaurant in the open nobody's going to say or whatever you know anything and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to do the same thing and you see the 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 reason that I bring this out is because we've we've gotten so lax because of the ease in which we live that we forget that there's there there's a work to be done and that work is found in the, 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 uh, the, first the equipping of the saints, but then the going of the saints. How do we apply that to our lives? Where are we looking to, to, to be a blessing to the Lord in our lives? Lord, what is your plan for my life? Amen? So if you found 1 Corinthians chapter 3, glory to God, go to verse 5. Actually, go to verse 4. It says here, for when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave, uh, gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each, each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Amen. And so we see then, it's not, you know, they're, they're, each part is important. My part's important, your part's important. But our part collectively works together for the greater good and should. If it's not, we're not fulfilling what God has called us to. And so when we, when we come at church just with this, you know, you know, uh, you know if, if, if someone calls on me kind of attitude, then maybe I'll do it. I love this. I'll pray about it. You know, like we, we talked about, the, uh, uh, we, we heard about this growing up. But, you know, you go to somebody and they say, well, there's something to be done. Well, I'll pray about it. Uh, you know, in fact, one of our, our kids came to us one point with something they were, they, that they were doing, and they're like, I, I, I think I'm going to have to give it up because I'm so busy with these other things. I'm not saying who it was because I want to pick on them specifically. But they, this was just a good learning moment, and that's why I'm using it. And, I, I, and we said to them, but yeah, you see, you don't understand. You won't do it anymore, but we will have to. Yeah. And so where you are lessening your load, you're just adding to our plate. So, so much of the body of Christ doesn't think that way. You know, when, when, when we come into the local church, yes, it's prepared and it's nice to, that it's prepared, but there's somebody who prepares it. And quite honestly, generally, the same somebodies are the same somebodies that are always preparing it. And I don't say that to put us into shame, but I say that to put us into knowledge of, the, of understanding that if we're not doing our part, 
we're not fulfilling the plan of God. The first place that God is going to do his work is in the local church. Because if there's no saints that are being equipped to go out and win the loss, then there's no, there's no, no, no loss that are going to be won. Saints have to be equipped, and they are equipped through the teaching of the word and the knowledge of Christ. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In the direction that we're called to be. But if these, see, if we're not good with the lesser things, the greater things will never happen. Our hearts have got to, we, we, we have got to, the, the, the church in America specifically, and I'll say our, all of our churches are part of this, we need to have a shift in our understanding that it's not the world that matters in the sense of all the things the world has to offer us, but it's the world that matters in the sense of what our calling is all about. It's not about what my call is and what, you know, maybe your call or whatever. But it's that we are all called. There is nobody who's not called to the work of the ministry. There's nobody who's not called to reaching the world. Everybody is called to do so. And if we, if we don't take care of what we have, we will lose what we have. I was actually, I, 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 am, a, I, I am a major believer in this. I can't prove it according to the word. And so you can take this as my opinion if that's what you want to do. But I am convinced that the purpose of COVID, and I believe that there was a purpose to it, was a wake-up call for the church. I believe that it was a wake-up call to the church. And the reason is, is because the church isn't hearing. The church isn't hearing. The church needs to take its authority, and there's a lot that I could go into that. But one of the things is, is that when, when uh, God has often used uh, things like pandemics or wars or different things like that at different times through history. In church history, you can see that in Scripture. He's used it to bring people back to the Lord. Uh, he, he's used slavery to bring people back to the Lord. Now, he didn't, he didn't ordain slavery and say, this is what I love and this is what I want. But the, remember, the Jews, were, they were slaves for 400 years before God heard their prayers or before he did something to them. Uh, you know, the other Jew, the other part of them, even after they were saved, they wandered the wilderness for 50 years, yeah. right? Um, so, or was it 40 years? 40 years. And so, uh, you know, there's plenty of things like that. There was a period of time between uh, Malachi and, and, and Jesus coming where the Messiah hadn't come yet. And, and, and things had gotten, uh, you know, had gotten worse in that time period too. And so you understand that God uses things like this as wake-up call. But one thing you didn't see, you didn't see a diminishing church start to grow. You didn't see people start flocking in the churches. And you know why? Because most Christians failed at it. Most Christians got more political-minded, and they do, especially in this country, than they even did uh, God-minded. They, they were more concerned with where they stood politically speaking on the things of, uh, you know, whatever, whether we're going to do this or do that. They, they were more concerned with that than they were with following God. And we still see this as a major problem today. And what I believe, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, what I fully believe, and if I'm wrong with this, I'll repent for it later, but I, what I believe is going to happen is I believe that we are going to be pushed more and more to a breaking point until Christians wake up enough to make a change happen. Yeah, yeah amen. Praise the Lord. It's the truth. We have to wake up to this. We have to understand that we can't just be, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and listen, I am... At, I'm at the forefront of, of being responsible for this. 
Because I get caught up in the same things you do. In fact, I'm more and more, I'm just finding myself, uh, you can ask my wife, I've been starting to talk about it more and more, but I'm more and more finding myself just wanting to shed the weight, the things that just bind me and, and, and hold me down and, and keep me from pursuing those things. Because they don't matter. You know, I mean, listen, God doesn't mind if we have nice things in our lives. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we have to just, you know, reject every, you know, that we have to live like, uh, you know, monks and stuff like that. I'm not saying that. There is a balance to these things. And, and the same thing when I was talking about those people that sold themselves into slavery so they could win the slaves. That's not, that, I mean, obviously you have to have an anointing from God to be able to do that. But what I say that for is not to encourage everybody here to, to, to sign up for slavery, but to encourage everybody here to say, to, to, to see that and let that drive them into what God has called them to do. Knowing that, that God is calling us, and it's not a matter of this one or that one, it's a matter that he's calling us all to do our part. But we see when we are God's fellow workers, when we all work together, then things get accomplished. Amen? I know this church... Uh, there's this church that they do, like, it's just an amazing amount of stuff that they do. And I think, man, don't they? I mean, they have like, they have like 10 services a week and they're just, and they preach the word. I mean, they, they, they're like, it's not like, you know, it's not like, oh, they're just, uh, you know, preaching a, a canned message or anything like that. I mean, mission trips and, and they're doing community outreaches and they're, you know, they're re reaching this part of the community and that part of the community and stuff like that. And it's because there's just such a drive to do this all together. And, and, and this is the kind of desire and the heart that we have to, that we have to allow to be grown in us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, I'm going to close here um, in 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, amen? You know, as I feed, um, I find, as I feed on the word, you know, and of course, you know, one of the things, one of the things that I have to do is, you know, there, there is a gifting in my life, right? To be able to minister to God's people, but you understand I have to feed that gifting, it doesn't just come free. If I don't put anything in, nothing's going to come out. God can't use nothing. Well, I mean, he can, but he's not going to. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to use people that are just sitting idle. So you have to do something. But I, I found this as I desire that knowledge. And that's why I started in, 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 in Proverbs there. Because as I, I found as I desire knowledge, as I make that a priority in my life, it's amazing to me how God uh, uses that in, in, in ministry, especially. You know, the, uh, as I desired knowledge, there's been more move of the Spirit in our churches. There's been more, uh, out, you know, of, of those types of things to reach people, to minister to people. There's been more uh, of those, those, those things I couldn't know come up and be able to minister to people in a way that, that, that feeds them and blesses them. Amen? But, but that, that's, it's just so important to desire God and to desire his things, you know. And I find that, you know, like the, 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 the distraction always comes to me too. The distraction to want to pull me away from that. What do I have to do? But what I've learned to sense is I've learned to sense that, you know, in my life when the, the reservoir is getting low, so to speak. You know what I mean? You get to that place where you're just like, no, I need to go fill up a little bit. And so I go spend that time with God and it always, and you know, the thing is, it's not like, oh, I got to spend this much time a day or you got to spend this much time a day. It's not about that. It's just about taking time. Yeah. Not taking a certain amount of time, but taking time. 
Like if you've had enough time to think about it, you've had enough time to take it. God has been showing me this. Like I'll sit there, I'll, you know, I'll sit there and say, oh, I haven't prayed for so-and-so enough. And then I start condemning, I haven't prayed for them enough. I should have prayed for them more. Man, and then all of a sudden, I'll, it's like I'll hear this voice in my, in my heart that says, so why don't you just pray for them now? Just like do it now. Like there's your clue, right? Like if you're thinking about it, you're thinking about, the, you have the ability to pray for it. You know, it's just like my wife's situation, the situation she was dealing with at work. What if I just pray? What if I just prayed about it, believe God? And I did pray about it. Don't get me wrong, but what if I just trusted God? Be like, you know, He's got to take care of it, yeah. right? Yeah. He would have done it anyways because He did. But then I could have been a partaker of that. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. See, God wants to use us. You know, if you got something going on in your life, allow God to use that. What do I mean? Like, what, maybe you got a mortgage payment that you need paid. Well, start praying for somebody else's mortgage payment or, 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 or send them something to give to it, you know, or towards it or something, you know. Somebody, you know, you're dealing with some stress, pray for somebody else's stress. Yeah. I notice this that every time in life when I'm dealing with something, God sends me somebody, or, or often, not every single time, but often, that God will send me somebody who needs that same thing. Yeah. Amen. I can almost guarantee you, if you've ever come to us for encouragement, we've been going through something where we needed to be encouraged. And you know what happens is I minister to somebody else, it, not as a pastor, as a believer. Yeah. Not as a pastor, as a believer. As I minister to somebody else, God always ministers to me. It's amazing how it works. But see, the devil throws things at us or circumstances come to rob us, to get us into that place of focusing on circumstances so we're not focused on him. Amen. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 18 through 20. It says, but now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. Praise the Lord. We are one body in Christ together. You don't have to like it, but we didn't ordain it. God did that. Amen? He decided. And believe it or not, if he's connected you at a place, like if he's connected you here, He's connected you here. You don't even have say about that. I don't have say about that. I think all the time, I think, oh man, I'll just do this or I'm just going to do that, right? And then I remember, no, I won't. I know that I won't. Because if it's not pleasing to him, I can't see. I, th this is what's awesome about living closer to God is you learn to live close to God. And this isn't some like closeness that only ministers can get to. That, that's not what I'm talking about. This is closeness that as Christians we should all live in. When you live close to God, you know when something's off. You just know that it is. You know something's not working, right? So you can't do it. Unless you've, unless you've accepted the sin, unless you've embraced the sin. Like, I'll tell you why I can't cheat on my wife. You want to know why I can't cheat on my wife? Because my conscience wouldn't let me do it. I, I mean, I could go down the road, stuff, but my conscience would stop me long before I even got to the act. It wouldn't allow me to do it. Why? Because I don't make a practice of living in sin. Right? I, you know, my, my, Caleb, the, uh, it was last night, I think. Was it last night I apologized to you? Yeah, last night. I just, like Caleb came in, I was picking on him a little bit. And he didn't even notice it. Like I was picking on him a little bit. But you know, I was, when I, I went in, because we, we had done a lot of work in the day and I was showering at night. And I went in the shower and the Lord started dealing with me and with my heart on it. And I came out, I said, Caleb, I'm sorry, bud. He's like, for what? I said, because I, I, I was, because the attitude in which I did it was wrong. 
Like there was, I was doing it, I was, there was just a little bit of nastiness there. And God revealed that to me when I got separate. He didn't even, he didn't, of course, I mean, if he, he told me he didn't notice it. But the point that I'm trying to make is my conscience wouldn't let me. And see, that's what a conscience that's before the Lord will do. It gets, if, if, if you don't sear your conscience, your conscience will, will correct you when, when you're doing something that's wrong. Amen? Of course, the Bible speaks about that as well. And so as we, as we endeavor to be right before the Lord, you can only endeavor to be right before the Lord if you make a conscious, conscience, conscious, thank you, conscious decision to be right before the Lord. And how do you do that? You start going before the Lord. Father, I just want to be right before you. I trust you and you alone. I want to be right before you. I want to do your will. If you do that, if you sincerely start doing that, you wait and see what starts changing in you. Praise the Lord.